Hello and welcome to episode two of Multiple Stories, the multiple sclerosis podcast that will bring to the light an entire catalogue of different stories that have been affected by MS in one way or the other. And to be frank, I said at the end of the last episode that I would be interviewing my parents and my girlfriend in order to give you a bit more perspective on what this disease entails. However, my parents are on holiday in Queensland and my girlfriend is very busy with work. Um, So I thought I would take this episode to continue my story. Anyway, so where did I leave off? Oh, that's right. So I went off on a gigantic tangent talking about my holiday in Europe when To be honest, I probably should have been talking about my six-month MRI. So, here we go. I was talking about the fact that my mobility was degrading day by day. And in the lead up to the six months, I was feeling extra tired and my legs were feeling extra heavy. In essence, my MS had never felt worse up until that point. And so I was convinced that with all the bad news that I had faced in the past few months, that the only thing that I could expect when I got my MRI was that I would see new lesions, that the Christmas tree would be back and that I would be continuing down the path of active progression. In other words, I was practicing the unhelpful thought of predicting the future insisting that I knew how I was feeling and I knew how I'd felt in the past and therefore I knew exactly what I was going to see on my MRI and yet again I packed myself into the mechanical coffin had a cannula put in my arm and started what was this time a full two hour MRI due to the fact that I was um, on an initial trial of Ocrevus the drug um, and they wanted to do an insanely detailed research MRI and it was an MRI that was so detailed I I asked I found out and he told me that it could even see the individual nerve fibers in my brain the direction that they were growing those individual nerve endings Um, and so I was as a complete nerd I was very much impressed by that Uh, but yeah anyway so I got into the machine and my neurologist had warned me with a slightly underpronounced preamble about a slightly louder than normal MRI. And uh, even with the usual set of earplugs that they give you for a normal MRI, um, I was being absolutely deafened. Um, and this coming from an ex-metalhead who was so used to loud concerts that you think I would have loved it. But anyway, wow, after 15 minutes, I felt like I'd been head banging in a mosh pit for an hour and I was slightly dizzy, I'll be honest. Um, so after a full two hours of a very, very different to normal MRI, I was done and I'd come back in a couple of days to find out the results. Um, but I was so certain that I would be receiving bad news that once again, I wasn't sleeping properly and I was feeling almost constantly nauseous just purely from the anxiety of it. Um, wasn't wasn't a good place. Wasn't a good place to be. 
but actually recently I uh, completed a trial that I've been on called Combat MS. Uh, Combat MS is actually run by the Dr. Barnett. That's right. He's back. Um, but anyway, I... Anyway, they, they tend to try to help you think. They teach you cognitive behavioral therapy and um, various unhelpful ways that you tend to think when you're struck down with a condition like MS. And I realized that I'd been thinking in many ways that are very, very unhelpful. Mind you, this trial that I did, I only did it this year. So I've only had this spelled out to me in black and white this year. But anyway, they, they taught me a few different uh, styles of unhelpful thinking, like black and white thinking, thinking things along the lines of, I will never walk again, right? Black and white thinking, um, catastrophizing. So everything is going to blow up into catastrophe and eliminating the positive from your life. Um, all very unhelpful thoughts that tend to be a very sp specific four things simultaneously. They, they tend to, all, all unhelpful thoughts tend to be these four things simultaneously. First of all, they are automatic. As with all types of thoughts, unhelpful thoughts tend to pop into our heads unexpectedly and rapidly without any deliberate or conscious effort on our behalf. Secondly, they are distorted. In other words, they may not be entirely, or probably won't be entirely accurate. Thirdly, they are plausible to us. In other words, we accept them as facts and don't even question them. When we think them, they might not be based in fact, but we're not really going to care. They're going to seem plausible to us and we are just going to accept them. And lastly, and this is what makes unhelpful thoughts so, so very unhelpful, is that they are very, very difficult to switch off. And that it is a horrible combination, but unhelpful thoughts are unhelpful for a reason. But yeah, that anyhow, but I only learned about these kinds of unhelpful thinking three years into having or knowing I had MS in the first place. So hopefully I'll be able to express to some people who are just finding out about their diagnosis of some of the generally unhelpful ways that people tend to think when you've just been diagnosed with something as horrible as MS. Anyway, so I headed back into Dr. Barnett's office a few days later to receive my MRI results with my head full of all of these unhelpful thoughts that I just so described. And so I took a deep breath, walked into the doctor's office and sat down once again. And of course, I was predicting the future. I knew that I was going to continue to have lesions. I knew that the Christmas tree was going to be back. I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew. And in true MS style, I was just about to find out that that means that I don't know anything. Anything. You don't know crap. Um, because Dr. Barnett said, 
Congratulations, Rajiv. It doesn't look like there's a single active lesion on your brain or your spinal cord. In fact, it looks like you haven't had a single lesion since you've been dosed with ocrelizumab. I, sl <laughs> I slumped back in my chair, simultaneously having very, very positive and very, very negative thoughts at the same time. Um, what a bipolar this disease this can be, but... I was thinking something along the lines of, so wait, in the last few months when I've been feeling terrible, when I've been more tired than I've ever been in my life, when I'm walking worse than I ever have in my entire life, you're saying that I don't have any lesions. So then surely my progression should have stopped or surely I should be getting a little better or something. So while I was very grateful that my inflammation seemed to have ended, I could not understand how, how my progression seemed to be going, still going with such fervency. Why did I feel like I was walking so horribly? And that was when Dr. Barnett said something that made me stop and think. I'll be honest, nothing he says doesn't make me stop and think. But he said, it doesn't look like progression and inflammation are directly proportional with MS. With a lot of people with MS, progression and inflammation are not directly proportional. In other words, just because your lesions have stopped, it doesn't mean that the lesions that are already there have gotten any better. In fact, the lesions that are already there are only going to get worse over time. In fact, they will mean that your brain will age more quickly and your brain will literally get smaller more quickly over time than everyone else. And the, the shrinking of the brain that kind of typically takes place with old age. And Dr. Barnett continued. He said, it is absolutely amazing that this medicine seems to have had the effect that it has. In fact, it is more likely than not that you will not suffer any more inflammatory activity while you're on this medicine. However, this is something that we've seen more often than not across the entire primary progressive population taking Ocrevus. Your progression will not end. Your progression could slow down as a result of taking Ocrevus. And we started talking about some ways that I could genuinely try to change my life for the better. Considering the last six months my life had just been almost spent in a constant state of depression. Um, and to ha have this outlook on life of a this disease that is never going to be cured, the fact that I'm like walking is going to get worse and blah, 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 blah. I had enough. I'd had enough. And I wanted something, something I could do. Um, but anyway, uh, he mentioned the fact that exercise physiology seemed to have the best results in terms of genuinely slowing my progression down. And then from then on, 
I started seeing an ex, uh, sorry, a, a physiotherapist by the name of Dr. Fu, and I started going to the MS gym out in Lidcombe once a week, and it's something that I've continued to this day, to this day, once a week without fail, and it's something that I can tell you, Combat MS teaches you. If you can get yourself into a habit of doing something, doing anything, going to the gym is very, very helpful in many, many ways, but get into any habit you can and it surely will work out better for you anyway. <laughs> to be honest, I was not someone who could ever be described as a meathead gym junkie. And I know that my sisters are laughing listening to that. I just know. I know it. Anyway. Um, but, but the closest I ever got to the gym was to a rock climbing gym. Where I, back in high school actually, I found myself falling in love with the sport of rock climbing. Um, and I actually started, as I said, rock climbing during high school when I actually believed that I started suffering from multiple sclerosis in the first place. Um, one migraine a month, as I said in the last episode. But due to the very nature of, the very slow nature of primary progressive multiple sclerosis, I didn't realize that it was even happening, that I even had it, that I was getting worse. In fact, I was a young boy. So to me, it kind of, it felt like the more I climbed, the stronger I got just naturally so. Um, so to be frank, I didn't even know if I was fighting through the first symptoms I was possibly would have been feeling if I hadn't been exercising. But whatever, I, I realized that it didn't even really matter. But anyhow, I can't say that I'm really a big believer in fate or destiny, providence, whatever you want to call it, but it is really, really weird that I would get the disease in about 2005, six, as I said, and I wouldn't actually get diagnosed until the exact year when there was a medicine to help me. And I also realized that it didn't really matter if I was a believer in destiny in the first place, all that matters is that it's on my side. And I've got to say, besides the fact that I got MS, I mean, I got multiple sclerosis, kismet, if you will, does indeed seem to be on my side. Hmm. Not bad, not bad. So I started going to the gym once a week and also doing self-massage that seemed to unbelievably or be unbelievably effective at controlling my spasticity. And I realized pretty rapidly the positive effects that exercise were having on me or rather the negative effects of lack of exercise. Um, or the, yeah, they, I realized that when I didn't massage myself, when I didn't go to the gym, I could tell the difference straight away. And so I just have not stopped. I absolutely have not stopped going to the gym since then. Um, 
But at the start of this year, actually during the COVID pandemic, I wasn't able to go to the MS gym due to lockdown restrictions. And I started feeling the effects of not exercising very, very rapidly um, from general tightness in my legs to a distinct lack of mobility, purely due to the fact that I wasn't moving anywhere near as much as I once was. Simple, right? You, movement is medicine. You need to move to maintain said movement, full stop. Um, but anyhow, I started going to another gym which just happened to open a month or two before the MS gym. And I started seeing a chiropractor by the name of Angus who noticed pretty quickly the distinct effect that doing some spinal releases seemed to have on my mobility. Also, he said to me one day, didn't you used to be a rock climber? How would you like to go do some chin-ups? And I kind of chuckled and I said, I haven't done one in about 10 years, but sure. Why? Sure. Why not? Why not? It started off with four assisted chin-ups. It was helping kind of lift me up. Um, and the next week I managed to do five unassisted chin-ups. The next week I managed to do 10, followed by 15, and I'm currently doing 20 chin-ups twice a week in sets of five, right? In Yes, I can, well, okay, I can't do 20 at once. Who the hell can? Jeez. But yes, in sets of five, but still 20 chin-ups twice a week. And I... When I started doing, I, I'm, I'm still in shock to this day and I've been doing it for a while now. And I, I'm still, I don't understand how and why this is supposed to be impossible. Well, I don't understand how I'm doing it. First of all, I don't understand how it's possible, but it also is supposed to be impossible. So... Uh, I don't know. Also, I'm going to get Angus on the show. He would love to be on. He would love listening to this uh, episode right now. Me saying how awesome Angus has been. How awesome he is as a human being. Blah, blah, blah. Angus, you're not that great, buddy. All right. I know you're listening to this, so stop smiling. <laughs> All right. But I want to get you on the show. I think it would be really awesome. Um my current exercise physiologist at this same gym where Angus is, is a woman's NRL player. Um, and I am getting pretty damn pleased with her staring at me with an almost unbelieving kind of look on her face as I do the exercises that I do from chin-ups to squats to whatever it is. And I'm sure... A lot of this is based on the fact that I used to be a rock climber, given. Um, but the main thing I'm trying to get across to you guys is that all it does take is determination and a little bit of support. You need someone to believe in you a little bit. And to anyone listening who has MS, who's thinking something along the lines of, I could never do that, I'm not that strong but I get way too tired. I, I know, I get it. I have MS as well, guys. I, you know, I get it. 
And to be frank, until I met someone like Angus who treated me like a human instead of a MS statistic, um, I really don't think that I would have tried, to be frank. Um, and a lot of exercise physiologists will tell me to this day that a lot of the exercises that I do are a very bad idea, that I might end up paying for it in terms of fatigue. Okay, well, it'd be nice if you just let me try it. If I want to try it, that is, just let me try it once. And if I end up overstepping the boundary, then fine. But to basically blanket say, no, I'm not going to let you do this exercise. I'm not even going to bring it up, I think is not healthy mentally, especially for us. Anyway. Um, but Angus has pushed my exercise plan further and further and way beyond what anyone thought was possible. Uh, to the point where, again, a woman's NRL player, unbelievably fit girl, would just stare at me like, what the, how the, what? How is this possible? And I love it. It makes me feel incredible. Um, I also feel stronger right now than I ever have, ever. Um, I'm not saying this will work for everybody, but generally people will not want to push you hard at all purely because you have multiple sclerosis. Could be due to your potential fatigue or their liability. But I must say I am so happy that I met someone who actually allowed me to push myself a little bit. Um, fine, a little bit, but again, it's my choice. I've never felt healthier. I've never felt stronger. All right. I feel like I'm saying the wrong thing. Take it easy, guys. Don't go out there and push yourself over the edge. But do you think you can do it? Do you want to do it? Then go ahead and do it. Like that, that's all I'm saying. Stand up for yourself. And if you think you can do it, do it. Say you want to do it and do it. So I'm going to go ahead and live life to the fullest. I know one thing for sure. I am more capable right now than I will be at any point in the future. So I'm going to go ahead and live life to the fullest right now right here right now that's how it is and i love i love living life this way it is a damn good way to live um but anyone anyway, yeah on that note it's a good point to leave this episode but next time on multiple stories i'm going to tell you about my off-road wheelchair and a car that i can put the wheelchair into and drive myself with hand controls thank you ndis that's right the ndis a lot of people have a whole lot against the ndis and to be frank a lot of it might be with very good reason however hopefully i can explain to you that if you have the right people behind you and you know what to do then you can really Get whatever it is you need in order to live life to the fullest. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of Multiple Stories. If you want to send the show any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please head to the Contact Us section of our website where you can send me a message directly. Ooh, or if anyone wants to be on the show, please do go to the Contact Us section of, my, of our website where you can send me a message directly. Also, please check out the How to Find a Podcast section to find the links to listen to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We have links for Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And please rate, review, and subscribe, which helps me get the word out there and raise more awareness for this horrible, horrible disease. Thank you all again, and I hope you stick around for another story on Multiple Stories.